still <laughs> that's that's one of my best friends. We've been friends for you fucked. We told y'all since <laughs> since the, the My uh, mama and her mama got pregnant at the same time. That's my little brother and Sheldon her little brother. <laughs> at the same time. At the same time. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. So Jeremy's born in what, August and Sheldon's born in August what? November. Fourteen. My oh, birthday's the thirteenth. Get out of here right now. Okay, Leo. What? Leo. Who else? Who else? I am in the wrong place. <laughs> hey, I'm not a rat leader. I don't feel bad. I'm with you. We represent in here today. What you know? Biden had a good day yesterday. Biden had an awesome day yesterday. What happened? Lafleur had a good day, and Biden had a yesterday. Y'all had an oh. alumni being Successful football season. When was last time you heard about LaFleur football season? Oh, that's right. Y'all lose to us all the time. Y'all lose to us all the time. Never, never. All four years I went to Theodore, y'all lost to us. Well, hey, all four years I went to high school, we lost. So you'll never be about basketball. But we got the best school spirit. We got the best band and the best basketball team. I hadn't heard anybody trying to come to Theodore as alumni ever. Really? Y'all doing that? Y'all have a parade? All right, I'm gonna make sure I tag every person I graduated with. Every single one. Shout out to the Bobcats, though. Whatever that is. 
They, they in there though somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they fans still got the bells. <laughs> For real. Yeah, All we right. gonna we gonna. I'm glad everybody, everybody got jokes today. Glad everybody got jokes. Let's talk about them GPAs though, and uh, them uh, them with them graduating rates. Proud graduate of the Pin comprehensive drop. side. Comprehensive side. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a magnet and comprehensive, so I mean, uh, I didn't know what was what. I came from Mississippi. Oh, you just shocked to see us. I was like, wow. <laughs> BET is not lying. This is really right here. Like, this is a real thing happening. <laughs> I was shocked to see more than one high school per city. <laughs> I, was, I was just shocked to be. I was shocked that McDonald's at that time was right across the street from me because I lived on Clinton. I was oh, like, what? <laughs> McDonald's down the street? I can walk across the like, street. Like, what? This is happening? See, you missed yeah. it. It used to be Popeye's. Yeah, but no, it's, it, that's what it was. Popeye's McDonald's yeah. down on Wilson. Okay. Either I can't way, tell I can you, walk. you can how many walk. sausage biscuits I've had from Popeye's right oh, every morning. I didn't even know they served chicken for the longest. <laughs> wow. I'm so serious. I'm so serious. We used to get a sausage biscuit that was like every morning. Yeah, yeah, they sold oh, a sausage biscuit. They used to sell hang on biscuits that was You know so what that good. little Catholic school is? Yeah. Nah, right across the street. They used to sell, um, we used to go through drive through every morning before I used to go to Farmville. Shout out to Farmville. But yeah, they every morning. That's what I have for breakfast. Didn't even know they sold chicken to like middle school. That's a shame. That's what's up. Well, we're going to kick off the show with a couple of questions. One of the questions um, we're going to start with is we were talking about relationships, just relationships in general, and how people. Um, how you develop relationships and how relationships begin and how you begin to look at relationships. And I kind of gave my little insight, but before I give my insight, I want each one of y'all to talk about how do you think that relationships start? Where did it come from? Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, it's, it's all in, it's all about that initial spark. Like as soon as you speak to someone, like how quick can you get there to, it's about 30 seconds you got when you speak to somebody before you but, can, my, I guess my question should have been how early, early on does do you develop relationships? Oh, the serious part of it. Yeah, like before you begin your relationships, as you before you begin dating. Oh. The look on the outlook on relationships should begin from a kid. It, oh, it starts okay. in your household. It starts from what you saw growing up. So what it what I, what define relationships for you? K. Wood, I disagree. I think growing up, we look at what attract our eyes, something shiny, it sparkle, something catch our attention first. Something have to catch your attention about that individual. How could the female can have heels on that know how to walk in them? She can have pretty legs. Like for me, my first babysitter was a majorette for the floor of high school. <laughs> and my grandmother always wore heels. So for me to see my babysitter practicing with the white boots with the pom-pom on and my grandmother wearing heels, to me that defined a woman and I was attracted to that because That's I have love mm. from my babysitter and my grandmother was this phenomenal woman who walked around in heels. And so, hey, if the female 
didn't have these pretty legs and knew how to walk in heels or boots, she can't get my time of day. That's what you saw growing up. That's because that's what you yeah. saw growing up. So that's what defined it for you. What about you? Defined it for, um, ooh, it, absolutely my, my father and my brother and just seeing how they interact. Um, <clears throat> because I was, I was the baby girl. Well, I am, I'm the baby girl and just seeing how they protected me your daddy's girl? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I'm a preacher's daughter. And the that comes with that, but that was not me because I was very much a tomboy. Mm-hmm. But yet protected like that little prissy girl, but I was not that. But I guess for me, seeing, um, seeing that protection and yet seeing that embracing of, you know, Trying to say if you want to go and try and shoot the gun, or you want to try and wrestle, you do that. You know what I mean? I'm right. behind that. And so when when speaking with men or growing up, um, and it was always that, always took to guys that kind of was like, well, shoot, let's go do this. You know, it, it wasn't anything necessarily that they were to me. I don't, I didn't think initially they were attracted to me about physically, but. Mm-hmm. The fact that we could go play basketball or we mm-hmm. could go do something, and it was like, okay, wait, <laughs> I might like you, but I'm not gonna say it, you know. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. What about you, Bree? That's good. I mean, everybody pretty much saying like who, whoever raised them. I think for me, it's it's the same thing. My parents. I saw my father was like treating my mother like he go to work, take care of all of his, you know. And how he loved his girls. He has all mm-hmm. girls. So. Oh, wow. Oh. He always had his gun on it. Yeah. All girls. That made for it. <laughs> <laughs> all girls. <laughs> what about you, Ace? Well, for me, mm-hmm. pretty much my mama, uh, she did everything. Cook, clean, uh, yard work, plant flowers, go fishing. Don't mind getting her hand dirty. She was a woman, but... She did. She did everything. She wasn't girly. She was. She wasn't like all. Uh, I'm scared of bugs and gnats. The sun is high. I don't want to sweat. She wasn't that type of woman. So I think. Uh, then she was very determined. I mean, workaholic. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up in a single family home. Probably pretty much the majority of my childhood, except maybe five years. Uh, so she was everything to me for as um, what a woman, what I think a woman should be. Because so, that, I mean, that was, okay, I'm so that's, that's all I seen was uh, what she did. Right. And, and now it's like, I don't like, I like them. The appearance of like girly, girly girls or women or whatnot. But I would rather settle down with somebody who don't mind getting mm-hmm. in the yard and want to plant flowers and want to go fishing and don't mind the gnats, don't mind the bugs, don't mind sweat. That's what mm-hmm. type of woman I, would, I, I really like at the end of the day. But for as appearance-wise, all women, I think, I mean, no matter <laughs> if they don't mind the sun or whatever I like. I mean, you can't deny beauty if they're beautiful, then they just beautiful. Yeah. You had a question for him? Mm-hmm. He just answered it. Oh. I was going to ask, like, do, do you see that in, I mean, do you kind of, like, define your mate as that person, like your mom, how she was? Yeah, because uh, I, I'm an outdoors person. 
I mean, anything outside, I enjoy. If it's just sitting on the porch, mm-hmm. I enjoy that. Just being outside, period. But mm-hmm. I mean, that's always been like that from yeah. a little boy. But. That's cool. What about you? Well, for me, it's a little different. Like, um, I was around my aunt a lot. Like, in particular, my aunt Carolyn. And um, she was like, the epitome of like a gentlewoman and an intellectual mm-hmm. and like she would sit down and talk to me and explain me why certain things the way they are like it's it's nothing more attractive than getting knowledge from someone who can really break it down to you so that you understand like she bought me my first book and I still remember that book I can dress myself it was about we had Grove on the cover from Sesame Street <laughs> I swear to God I still remember that everybody had that book I still remember that I book. know I had it and um it was just she would she would randomly approach me with the most random things that that affect me to this day. Like she'd approach me, she'd be like, "Where your name came from?" And I'd be like, "I don't know." She's like, "Why don't you know?" I don't know why should I know? Should I know? She's like, "Yes, you should know." She was like, she she would stop me and have me repeat words, and that's why I talk the way I do now because she was like, "Nobody should ever know where you're from by the way you talk," and it always comes up in conversation. She was like. People will stop me and be like, where are you from? And it, it clicks. It's just people can overhear me talk. And they'll be like, you're not from here. Yeah, I am from here. And it sparks conversation every time. So right. yep. it's little life lessons that she taught me in like the most minute ways possible. And, that, and that's why like I feel that conversation is key. Like If you can grab my interest, if you can hold that intellectual conversation, you got me. Yeah. Every time. Absolutely. And that's funny how you brought that up about like Alan. Because I... One of my fondest memories about my aunt, and it's, it's going back to what I'm attractive to. She's always telling us when you're talking to someone or just doing a presentation, stop saying, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, that's where uh, I get it from. Tom. That's exactly where I get it from. And when she brought that about on calendar, I've tried to, to catch myself if I'm getting ready to pause or, or use a filler word or find a filler word besides. Um, to use because mm-hmm. I mean I really don't know what I want to say mm-hmm. or I'm I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. yeah and you supposed to be standing fast and strong ready. with what you're speaking exactly. mm-hmm. that way you captivate a person's attention yeah that's a bad habit of mine I use on a lot I do mm-hmm. um and that's crazy <laughs> 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 that's crazy because my grandmother was a school teacher and I would I would have gotten into so much trouble for using um eight. She will stop you. Yeah. Like mid-sentence. I, I would have had to start the whole paragraph all over again. She'd be like, excuse me, man. Start the whole excuse presentation me. all over excuse again. Me. She she will like yeah. interrupt you on purpose. Yeah. They used to make me speak at all kind of engagements mm-hmm. all over Same the city. Same thing. I Same yeah. thing. We just had this conversation too because that's one of the things that I hated growing up. I grew up as a girly girl. I had to be tea parties. I knew how to set the table probably when I was three. I knew how to enunciate and pronunciate <laughs> my name correctly before I was two. And my name is very, very hard to say for a lot of people. Um, but I grew up, grew up in a, a household of women, all women. My great-grandmother was a single parent. She was married like three to four, maybe five times. Then my, my great-grandmother was in the house, and it was my grandmother who was married and divorced, who raised her own children. Then it was my mom, 
who had my brother at the time it was me and my older brother but she also had my younger brother 12 years after i was born so i grew up in a household full of strong women who felt like we could do everything on our own who i was taught that we could do everything on our own my dad wasn't a significant part of my life when i growing up my grandparents on my dad's side used to come get us when we were kids but i don't remember much about my granddad on mm-hmm. my dad's side so as far as having that male figure in my life to show me what how a man is supposed to treat me i didn't have that mm-hmm. because my uncle and my cousin they were hoes they dog women out they had plenty of women you know they just it was what it was so i didn't have that you know this is what a man is supposed to do my grandmother taught me that a man is supposed to come to your door and pick you up you don't answer blows blows up the holes um you he's supposed to open the door for you my grandmother taught me all of that you know because they were taught that by her she was taught that by her dad so i got that part of it you know i knew how i wanted to be treated by a man but as far as a man showing me how a man is supposed to treat lady i ain't had it i had it so i I grew up like okay well i'm gonna jump from this relationship to this relationship to this relationship to this relationship until i was able to define what it was that i wanted and that that took a minute for me. Okay, well, but is I think we all in this group right here come from strong females. We have a lot of strong female influence for us, education, getting out there, working, providing for their family. But as one of the gentlemen sitting right here in the group, a female cannot teach a male child how to be a man. Right. Yeah. No. Because like you were speaking not. about your uncles and your stuff, we're brought up where you have to be hard at all times <laughs> because of the community. You have to be tough. You got to do this. You got to do and that. you can't show emotions. You cannot show emotions. Which is hard because it, it, it makes you into a man that who feels he can't show his emotions when he gets older. Yep. When And then when it's time for him to communicate with his wife or his girlfriend or his woman, it, it becomes a problem. But not only that, in order to communicate with somebody honestly, you have to know yourself. So if you was brought up to put on a face as a little tinamite all the way up, you don't know yourself completely to be honest with that female that you attracted to all the way. So you and then self-evaluate. Self- <laughs> and then too, once you don't meet that one female and oh, I'm in love, this and this, and you tell her those intimate secrets, and she come along and DDT your ass, that's when you become a dog, man. Be like, oh, y'all know this, <laughs> you know. So it's it's, I think it's a, it's a fine line. It's a very fine line, and I and I didn't told you this before, Kate Wilp, and I didn't told, um, sir. This is my little theory, y'all. It was a good girl who met a dog. That dog dogged that good woman out, and she became a bitch. Mm-hmm. And when that bitch got away from that dog, while she got when she got away, she started running around. And she ran into a good dude, mm-hmm. but she was still a bitch at the time. That bitch got to put that good dude and dogged him out. He mm-hmm. became a dog. Mm-hmm. And he broke away. So right now it's a bunch of bitches and dogs running around. And so we take time to heal ourselves individually. Yeah. Is that what's going to be going on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we say this every show. We talk about self-evaluation. Self-evaluation is very important when it comes to relationships. Me now, I, I know that I'm ready to be in a relationship. Before I got married... I wasn't ready to be in a relationship. I married this asshole who I knew I shouldn't have married. Um, but I, after 
that I had to take time to face who I was as a person and face every issue in my life up until that point and then deal with it. Not just face it, but you got to deal with it too. So once you face it and you deal with it and then you begin the healing process within yourself, then you're ready to be in a relationship. Everybody want to jump in, in and out of a relationship, but you can't do that, which was one of my problems from my 20s growing up. I mean, from my 20s to my 30s, I jumped in and out of situationships, textationships, uh, sex stationships, all, you know, all types of ships. It wasn't no planes landing nowhere. It was just ships. It, that's all it was. It was just ships. But, go ahead, subject. I'm not sure how many people in the room been married besides me and you. And we were both divorced now. We wasn't married to each other, but we were both divorced. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, mine was clear. Okay. Yeah. Mine yeah. clear. Yeah. 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 We weren't married to each other, but... Marriage counseling as a couple. Bump the couple therapy. You got to do individual therapy first before mm. you get married or even ask somebody to marry you. Mm. Yeah. Because we, we don't know ourselves yet. Yeah. We don't. We don't. I, I I didn't know myself. I ain't gonna say we. AC did not know himself. And, messed up. and you have to take into consideration as well. The person you know now is not gonna be the person. You're not gonna be that same person in five years. Now, exactly. but those two people have to agree on it, saying, okay, this is who we are now. We're going to, or we we're collectively saying that we are going to grow together. Mm -hmm. Right. Because the person that is in marriage counseling with me, the person I'm going to see at the altar, is not going to be that same person. Now, we can say, I'm your right. Like, if something happened to you, I got your back. I'm loyal to you. But that person that life is going to bring to that person, mm -hmm. are you going to be able to deal with that? And, the, of course, the knocks mm -hmm. that you're going to get as a couple, that life is going to bring you. Right. That's what has to be, that I think that is, because um, I've been married before. Nothing like that ever came up. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it was like, are y'all ready for this? Yeah, we're ready. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm like, I wonder if I paid the cable bill in time because I got to make sure I watch out for it. That's what I'm thinking in marriage counseling. I'm like, because I don't want him to say nothing about the bill. You know, I mean, but that's who we were at that moment. You know, now, you know, 10 months later, I'm like, what the heck you, you know, like. How old were y'all when y'all got married? I was, how old was I? Damn. Oh. <laughs> 2005, take away the three. Oh, <laughs> I was uh, 27. Yeah. Not even 30 yet. I, I was not. Matter of fact, maybe 26. I know you got to care. Yeah. I think I, I was 28 or 29 at the time. Well, about 30. That's, that is bad that we had. We did not know well, how they, Why they got the calculator? I don't know we got married. <laughs> <laughs> the sad part about my thing for me was when I walked out of the courthouse I was asking myself like what the hell did I just do so I knew I had jumped and did something wrong I knew it wasn't what I needed to do and my thing was I was like after even I almost walked out um, of the ceremony I was 27 um, after everything was done it was like you know you're dealing with issues and that wall that you put up is falling down why are you going to mess up this female life? Mm. I, I knew I had wow. messed up, but we yeah. had already wow. paid the and I, and I had to build another wall to keep that going on, that wow. everything's so over. Right. Yeah, that if I saw it. Wow. Did y'all, when, when the person proposed, when you proposed, mm -hmm. was it just like, 
a feeling you had at the time, or it's something that was thrown oh, out for no. some months, uh, a year or so. <laughs> Damn, what was my proposal? Now I can answer that. I was. In love. Sometimes people just say, "Yeah, I want to get married." It just be momentarily because the relationship is like at its peak. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. then months later, the arrangement been made, uh, stuff like that, and it's like now it's coming down. You I know? have the most romantic proposal, and I had this ugly ass ring, <laughs> so I don't, I really don't like. I, I I'm serious. I really felt like the, it wasn't genuine. I don't think any about anything about it was genuine. I think mine was more so family pressures because everybody around me was getting married, and everybody mm. was asking us. Like, all my cousins, they had all got married. And they was like, well, when y'all gonna get married? What's next? What's next? And next thing I know, he's popping the question. And I'm like, wait, what? Then next thing I know, I don't say yes. Yeah. And then we really wasn't supposed to get married until a year later. But I started getting frustrated with the plans of the wedding and all of that stuff. Which I should have took that as a sign, but I didn't. And um, we we said, okay, well, we're just gonna go to the courthouse. And my aunt was with me. And she was walking on the side of me at the courthouse. And him and his little friend was walking and I was just like, what the hell did I just do? Like, I literally felt like running back in there telling that judge, look, give me my shit back. You know, give me my money back. Give me, you know, this is not it. I knew that that wasn't it. So I knew it wasn't really going anywhere from that point. Like he, he just wasn't supposed to be. So I knew, I knew she was the one. I would say on this podcast, I'm the one messed up. Because I knew that she was the one from the first time I met her. It was like a movie, mm-hmm. you know, working at the place I worked at the time. Big, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> nah. At the hospital, in the emergency room. Nah. And I'll never forget, it was busy. Mm-hmm. But when I locked eyes on her, I had saw her previous like two weeks, and I was like, who is that girl? I like her. Something about it. It was just something about her. Mm-hmm. And it went to heels. It went. It was just something about her just attracted me to her. And then second, two weeks passed by, I see her again. I was like, make your move now. The day is the day. Can't let it slide. And I remember looking at her and when the ER is busy, it was nobody in there in my mind but me and her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You determined. And uh, I was, yeah, I wanted her. Mm-hmm. And I wanted her to be my girl. Wow. And she's getting mad when I say my girl, even after we got married, because it was like, no, this you, my girl. You know what I'm saying? Because I think, well, I, I don't think I know, marriage was something. I saw people married before and they did their dirt. So to me, using that term was defying or shit no marriage. So it was like my this is my girl. You know what I'm saying? This is my this is my puppy. This is my dog. These are my shoes. This and it was like oh, she it was, was. You are owning it. It was, it was my puppy. All, it was, yeah, she was mine. You know. Interesting. Mm. So I mean, if everybody in here is thirty, right? Over thirty. No. Babies in the mist. Almost. Okay, but you know, and once you hit that thirty mark, it's like, well, now I'm supposed to be married. Did did that? Did you get that feeling? Or as you approach that thirty mark, did anybody get that feeling? That Sir, does not agree with that statement. Earlier for women, I think it's earlier for women. Yeah, we, 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 we get that early. We get that like twenty five. Yeah. yeah, you know, I I think I hit that 
mark in, well, like, in my 20s. I preface my statement. I'll say I didn't feel that way because my two best friends I went to college with, they both got married. Like, uh, why I got married, he was 27. Mike got married, he was 23 or 24. Mm-hmm. And I saw the transition. I saw the whole spectrum happen within the span of like five years. I saw the, the new car smell, you know, hey, got this girl, you know, I really like it, she cool. So she had the barbecue, now she one of the boys, you know, and then it goes from, okay, y'all good, and then y'all hitting snags, you know, y'all y'all getting married, why y'all getting married so soon? Just support me, you know, those, those were the responses I was getting. Now, as a man, we're supposed to reach out and let our boy know, like, hey, slow down, you know, this, if, if we know that, if I know my boy, like my best friend Wyatt, I told him, I was like, look, you really should take a moment and blow up happened. And now I'm sitting here looking at my friend, not knowing if he's going to have to deal with a divorce or not with the arrangements. And I'm seeing my friend lose weight and being on the outside now looking at marriage and seeing this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hell no, I don't want that. Nope. So it, it, it gives you a different outlook on marriage. Absolutely, not it's listen. People think marriage got glitter and gold on it. I see rust, nails, tetanus. Because marriage poison. is work. People get married for the wrong reasons, and marriage is is what you put into it. It's work. It never stops. You have to continue to to work at it as you have. You continue to work at anything else. I remember when I was pregnant with my son. One of the first questions somebody asked me was what. Was I gonna get married? My, I mean, was I gonna marry my baby daddy? And I'm like, no, because at that time I was 21. I was mm-hmm. like, no, I'm not gonna get married. You know, I'm. We're not gonna get married. We're not ready to get married. Just because I'm pregnant don't mean I'm gonna get married. You know, but um, if you don't take the time to put in the work to make it work, and it can't be one sided. One person can't be yeah. doing all the work. You know, it has to be a collective. Effort for I, them to do it. I feel like way before you even get married, you ought to know if it's gonna work or not. I agree. Yeah. Because it seemed like to me, just the way I think, if I'm with somebody for let's say four or five years and we having problems already, then if we go ahead and get married. Still have problems, mm-hmm. but I have to. I I just have to slightly disagree with that phrasing. Like you ought to know, because I know as yeah. a as a as, just as a single mother myself, and um and especially with you making the thing about the, about the children, and how that dynamic can change. And I know I hear a lot. Soon as my son's father decided that he wasn't going to do what he was supposed to do, mm-hmm. then the the blame became on me when you should have knew mm-hmm. how he was going to be. How am I supposed to know yeah. that this person in front of me, who was loving to me, mm-hmm. who was great to me, showed me something different, showed me something different once a child mm-hmm. came into the picture? Yeah, how mm-hmm. are we supposed to ought to know that? No, we don't. Now, as far as now, as far as your the phrase can continues. Now, what we do ought to know about two people is like, okay, are we going to? Are we going to make the effort to work through whatever? Because mm-hmm. we don't know how that person is going to end up. Yeah. But we should yes. absolutely say, okay, whatever ends up on the other end, yeah. 
I'm going to be there. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm going to be, and I don't know what you're going to be. Mm -hmm. But I know that whatever it is, we are going to work through it. Right. Because I could, but that whole phrase, like you are, like I, I couldn't tell you what I might wear. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? So how, how should I, like that that becomes, Mm -hmm. that becomes a real, especially with single motherhood. And I hear that a lot. And I've heard that a lot. You know, even raising you my children, like you should, you should have knew who he was. You should have knew who no. he was over your legs. And I'm like, how am I supposed to know this dude was gonna do it? I would, if I would have known that, I would not have done it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it would have been that nickel in between my knees. Like, my was was not. Or if I had known, I'm sorry. Because I mean, when we was making it, making the baby, he wasn't sorry. Oh. Doing everything, you know, it was great. Everything was lovely. Everything was lovely. Butterflies. But you, but you know that's what happened with Angelina Jolie and Billy Bob Thornton. Oh yeah. When she adopted that baby, he was like, the "What? <laughs> Y'all, I'm gonna be over here with Hadley making monsters ball. You go ahead and take the baby. I ain't with the baby. You know what I mean? But had, would she have known that when they got it? You know, no, I'm pretty sure you may have give, said something because she adopted. You know, but and there there are sometimes signs that we do ignore now. And saying but that there are signs that we. I want to. I want to jump in. No, I just. Question. I just had a question. Go ahead. Do, do, do y'all agree that you don't know a person till you live with? Them? I don't think you get the full effect until you live with. Them. And I say that because people will show you, the, mm. in, in their household, they'll show you one thing, and outside their household, they'll show you one thing. And then when you move into the house, you can see something totally different. Like, I'm not waking up to you every morning or next to you every morning, so that's, I don't know what your morning what, routine no, is. That's, that's what I'm saying. Do you think you ought to live with a person? I asked that to ask that. Do you think you should live with a person for X amount of time before you do marry? I'm it, conflicted on that question. It now, they say that when my, I heard my grandma don't shack and did shack up and this mm-hmm. and that, but those times are different mm-hmm. from what's going on nowadays. Absolutely. The mindsets of, of people so it's uh, different. The uh, society is different, That's true. and all that. But I feel like if I'm gonna marry you, we need to be living together at I least to know at least one year. <laughs> I'm not even upset at that, honestly, because no. I had said for myself, and I'll, I'll let you jump mm-hmm. in after this. I said, uh, if we get engaged, I feel like that is at least enough for us to start converging at some point. Because, like you said, because I dated somebody, and I, I lived with my girl at one point in college for three years straight. And it went to hell when we started moving together. Like, started seeing stuff I shouldn't have seen. Mm-hmm. Like, and we probably would have been But I'm glad that I, we did for the experience part. But I agree with you 100%. I think before you get to that point, just to really know the full in and out of a person, you need to live with them at some point. Just lease the marriage certificate then. When y'all decide then you want to get married, then buy it. It needs to be. You lease the marriage certificate. But then when y'all decide, then you buy it. It needs to be both parties have to put a time frame on living yeah. with each other. Mm-hmm. Because in the first 30 days, you see what you want to see anyway because you're so infatuated with the person. 31st day, you start seeing something different. But <laughs> once you live with a person, you really see things that she may squeeze the toothpaste from the middle and they may piss me off. Be like, no, I need you real, from the bottom. Real talk. 
You know what I'm saying? It's that Real small stuff. Talk. And then too, yeah. technically I was married for ten years. We was together for seven. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the last three is still on paper, not in the same house. And it was small stuff that she may have done that was getting on my nerve, but I loved her so much or was tolerating the situation that I wouldn't say nothing. And I did things that she was so in love with me or tolerating the situation that I was doing that she wouldn't say anything. I think if both parties have to communicate, you know, I need you to dry your feet off before you get out the tub. You definitely have to communicate because you don't want that stuff by not saying anything and begins to fester, right? And you don't want that to fester. I never forget this right here. And since you said that, I never, when I was married, one of the, it was an argument, but it was a discussion because we didn't want the girls to ever see us fuss because we didn't want having daughters in the house. We, I, I didn't want as a man to think my daughters had to be with a man who hoop and hollered. Mm-hmm. No. You know, you go to your grandparents' house for me and your mom can come back and talk. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, she said one time, I get sick and tired of you when I ask you what you want for dinner and you say whatever. Mm. My mind, as a man, guess what I heard? What you want for dinner? This is my process. Dog, I'm working three to four days a week, 12 hours. You working five, eights, and every day you mm. still come home and say, what I want to eat. I'm not finna bother you and say, hey, I want fried chicken. I want baked fish. Mm. Whatever you cook, I am so happy that you even said that and then say pick up nothing. Mm. Her mind was like, I don't care. Whatever you cook, I'm going to eat. I may not eat. Context, yep. It was just the context of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. So I tell anybody, any relationship, communicate. What you don't like, let that person know up front so we can, we, not that person, we can work on this. Because as long as you keep that little small stuff up, each pebble, a problem, small. But they start adding up. Then one day out the blue, you may leave the, you may brush your teeth and leave the water on. I got frustrated about this. I left the water on because I was used to mobile. Mississippi water bills are high, y'all. I left the water on. <laughs> Brushing my teeth, Don't you know, in mobile. Eight, twelve dollars. You know, as a man, uh, a kid growing up, you get your first job, you get the water bill with it. Mm-hmm. You can brush your teeth, have the water running. I was over there brushing my teeth, water running. She came in there hooping the house. I'm like, what's wrong with you? And there was another thing. I paid bills, but my mind, I never saw the bills. I gave money. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you that bill was sixty dollars. I just know I gave a lump sum of money and mm-hmm. the bills were paid. In my mind, I paid. First two years in Mississippi, I couldn't say what Mississippi Power was at, the cable company, the water company. I didn't know where anything was, but I knew if you asked who paid the bills of the house, guess what I was going to say. We're gonna come back to that. Mm-hmm. We we got that. We got a topic to go with that. So I want okay. you to hold on to that for me. I want you to come back. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, I just didn't want you to go too far, but because there's another topic that kind of ties into that. You got delete on there. Yeah, so, <laughs> my bad, my bad. Well, delete everything though. No, we we don't. What's this stuff going to My book I'm writing. That's my decision. <laughs> you know, three pages, so it's probably two paragraphs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you kind of touched on um, on money um, as far as relationships, and we were talking about. In the household, who do you think should who who do you think should work? Is should the woman work all the time? If the woman makes the most amount of money, should the man stay at home and not work? Or if the man makes the the most amount of money, should the woman stay at home and, and not work? 
how do you think it should how do you think that should be that's, done? That's that's on them too. They make that decision of how they want to spend it. But in my mind at that time my wife was making more per dollar dollar amount than I was. My mind, if I beat about one penny, if she made a thousand, if I made a thousand and one cents, I did good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I had to bring something to the table. Mm-hmm. Like when I got married, my wife had just got a house. I was looking for a house in Mobile. That was one of the hardest things to do when we got engaged to move in. And she used to always say, our house, our house, our house. My mind, guess what I heard? And in the any time you can say, get out of my house. Mm-hmm. Guess I also heard her mother saying, he moved in on you. Her auntie saying, he moved in. That's all that's in my head that I'm hearing. Because I was brought up by those strong females say, boy, you better have your own stuff. A woman can make you get out any time. Mm-hmm. Mother taught me how to cook, clean, wash clothes, sew. Mm-hmm. But I'm being vulnerable by coming to yours and... Hey, I got to work overtime. I got to do this. You won't do furniture. Baby, make some tuna fish and have my work clothes clean. I'm finna go get it. Mm-hmm. Because even though the feet my wife at the time was saying, our, our, ours, ours, my mind was saying, yours, 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 yours. Mm-hmm. You know, you got that one leg, that one advantage over me. It's not 50 50, it's 49 51. And that's bruising my ego. Let me ask you something. That's interesting you said that. Coming from the same household as you, obviously. Um, and I'm asking you this legitimately, mm-hmm. not even for the podcast. Do you think if, because we was talking before about self-evaluating and seeing therapy for yourself. Like, checking your ego at the door, I understand now, it's something you got to do before you get married. Mm-hmm. Do you think had we had gone to therapy prior and knew yourself better, do you think you would have gotten over that aspect easier? Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah, that, because Cause do you think that's like I feel like that's a bit of you know how you say we brought up to put on the you said when you were a kid we put on the little mask as a little boy as far as emotions go and I feel like that masculinity and ego kind of blends in together with each other. Do it, you think if I mean cut you off? Do you think if that was addressed, you would have felt more comfortable about the situation? Yes. Because one thing I will say about myself and it's the way that we was brought up. Like you said, we was in the same house. And we come from a long, mm-hmm. strong family of strong women and men. One thing I was always told and it's instilled in me, a closed hand can't get fed or give or receive anything. Like, put it out there. I do therapy session. I'm in therapy. I like information to help me because I know... I knew as a kid, and I don't know that it was something wrong, but it didn't have a title on it, or Mm -hmm. a name, or I couldn't describe the feeling, or I wasn't allowed to say how I was feeling because I'm a black male. I Mm -hmm. wasn't allowed to say this. I had to hold all that in. Mm -hmm. I feel like if I would've had therapy before, yes. Okay. Yes, because I know how far therapy have helped me. Mm And with the therapy and me being open and honest about therapy sessions, antidepressant medication, working out, praying, and stuff like this, mm-hmm. I found out also who was behind me for real. Mm-hmm. The ones that say, hey, I suffer from depression. I know how you feel. You want to go walk? I was just calling. 
Mm-hmm. I was just patching on the back. Don't say nothing. I know I've been there. I'm proud of you. And because we came from a family who's taught us how to speak up mm-hmm. when we are anywhere, you're supposed to speak up. I always had that, but it was a wall around it. Sometimes I could step outside that wall, then I go back. You know, that was just a mess I was putting on. Now, with what I'm going through now, it's like I still care, and it affects me some how people portray or what they see or say about me to a certain degree, but not as much as it did back then. Gotcha. You know, it's like I don't care what you say. I may get sad and down about it, but guess what? When somebody called me, like if you call me, what you doing? Walking? Why you walking? Uh, you know me. That right. means somebody said or done something. Instead of me isolating, letting mm-hmm. the devil or bad thoughts control me, I'm gonna get out and be productive. Right. <laughs> if right. that's just walking the neighborhood, speaking to everybody, I'm you have to it. find a coping skill. Um, right. Anytime. Yeah, anytime things like that are going on, um, you have to find a coping skill that helps you to deal with whatever whatever the situation is, whatever um, life throws at you. Um, depression is rampant amongst, mm-hmm. especially in our community. And a lot, a lot, of, a lot of times, what happens in our community is we're taught not to tell anybody what's going on with us. Mm-hmm. Keep what's in our household in our you, household. You pray, you pray, you pray, pray, you pray but you have to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a psych major. My major was um, psychology and my focus was marriage and family counseling. And one of the things that I learned when taking those courses is you have to have an outlet. You can pray all day long. And I, I strongly suggest that everybody pray. But you have to have somebody that you can talk to, mm-hmm. whether it's a therapist, your pastor, your family, whoever it is. And so, a lot of times it's not going to be your family and it's not going to be your friends. Um, I, I recommend therapy to anybody and this one. who need it. I recommend it Okay, well, one thing I will say about therapy, and we all feel like we got that best friend, that best bud, that best auntie, uncle, who we can talk to. Some people say nothing leave the room. And as soon as you walk off, is is out the room. A lot of time today. One thing about therapy, I know for a fact, yeah, these are licensed that. people. People, <laughs> listen, they're <laughs> licensed. They make their money because they went to school and got this license. They put your information out there, they lose their livelihood. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I like about it. <laughs> I never thought about it. And they direct. They cannot violate. They cannot violate. Hip is five thousand to like fifty thousand dollar fine they can receive. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I like about it. And then they also find a way. Not see, find a way. They call you out on your bullshit, mm-hmm. and I like that. I rather for you mm-hmm. to say, because "I'm an ex addict." Your shit. I'm an ex addict. You gotta own then your shit. I'm a preacher who never did nothing wrong. I came right. out, found me a woman, got married, had kids, did did this and this. I rather for you to say, "I was a hellion. I ran the streets. I got culture. I did drugs, <laughs> and God changed me, and it wasn't easy. And He's still working on me. I deal with Give people me your better. Real story. I right. deal with people better than like that. Then I'm just perfect mm-hmm. i don't deal well with that and that all goes again i mean it all ties into the relationship topic now we kind of jumped topics just yeah, then because sorry. we were talking about the, the whole no, money issue and how um it affects the household do you think um should i say that both i mean a man can stay at home while the woman works or a woman can stay at home while a man works whoever makes the most money stays home i mean goes out of work and bring the bread home do you think you that, think that one party could could basically do you think so? Yeah, I think it's possible. It just depends on how much they're making. I don't. I don't. I um. I think in our society we are so caught up on roles mm-hmm. 
um, that that is what dampens it. I, I think if um, I literally typed that. I think um, I think if I made the most money, I it wouldn't be, it it wouldn't be an issue for me. Mm-hmm. You know, now would it be an issue for my mom? Would it be an issue for my brothers? Would it be an issue for my daddy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like, oh no, he's supposed to go. You know, but that is our society, mm-hmm. and especially when it comes to our community. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and that's and that's just what it is. I think is it possible? Absolutely. I, I think, think it's I, more in society too. I think it goes back to to biblical principles. Right. Yeah. That. Yeah. yeah. It definitely does. It, it, it definitely does because uh, of course you know with Adam and Eve and uh, you know just you, when you see, when you see women in the Bible and men in the Bible. The woman was, you know, that's that's who's supposed to be at home. The man that's was created to lead. Right, and right. <laughs> I mean, created to lead and protect and provide <laughs> for exactly. stay at home. Right. Now, um, now, you know, what's your definition of protection and providing mm-hmm. mentally? But see, they never go there, you know, you, you never hear I'm about that part. That. Right. Never How do you protect me, especially with our young sons, um, especially black sons, and stuff, you, like, Sure, you provide. Sure, dad's bringing in the, bringing in the, you know, bringing in the bread, and he's providing mm-hmm. for the home. But what is he providing for you here, especially if that may be an abusive dad? Yeah, because mm-hmm. you know, providing, <laughs> providing me and providing money. means more than it's money. More than but money. when you think about it in biblical terms, what is he doing for his family? And mm-hmm. family is defined as what he brings to it. But yeah. a, a a father or male person can bring more than just I mean, good or bad. Yeah. So if it's more significant that he stays, um, you know, stays home, or you know, if it's you know more significant that the woman that the that the woman stays home, then so be it. But like mm-hmm. I said, it does uh, all of that engulfs in what, from biblical terms, just historically, what a man is supposed to do, mm-hmm. um, and it's never been, it, it's never been highlighted that um, what a man can provide for his family mentally and emotionally because generally when we think of men we think logic that's the thinker he's a provider he's a protector we think strength mm-hmm. we don't think emotional we think that's the right. woman's point you right. know right but in these days i think it's very imperative that <laughs> that our our men start showing that and at least in in, in giving that example to our uh to our yeah to our to our younger generation because they don't see it mm-hmm. i mean what they might they, they may see it but it's not highlighted that's not what when you think, when you see men in household, you can think, hey, come give me a hug. That's not what you see. That's not what's right. going to be in the dictionary. Right. Uh, I'm going to say this um, from a from a guy's standpoint. It's a mixed situation as far as emotions go. Because on one end, you see emotions are celebrated uh, on things like Valentine's Day. Everybody be like, oh, I want my man to do X, Y, Z, whoop-de-whoop and all this. But... When it comes to the flip side of emotions, that's when the ugly starts to come out. When when it's not love, when it's your man might be agitated about something. Mm-hmm. Oh, you acting like a what? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's the worst possible thing. It's two things you could call a man that's gonna make him fight. A bitch mm-hmm. or a fuck nigga. <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel like those two are fighting words. <laughs> yeah. Regardless of the situation, so it's like you either want an emotional man or you don't. You need to, you can't pick when because the right. one. And then we talked about this before. We're not taught how to deal with emotions. Let's be real. We're, we're, we there's no nobody set us down to say when you feel like this you do this. No, we're not taught that. Because we're taught that. Because we're taught to cover the shit up. So mm-hmm. this is where I go into another subject a little bit. And 
that's when you see these men acting a little bit crazy, mm -hmm. so to speak, when they're hurt, when they go overboard because they don't know how to cope. Mm -hmm. And they're just acting out where we, we think we are logical thinkers. Mm -hmm. And so when you bring in something that hurt here, it's like, when we stub our toe, we put a Band-Aid on it. Yeah. But my heart hurt. What the fuck do I do for I a heart heart? I can't control this. What is Why am I crying? I'm sitting here having a conversation, and all of a sudden, I'm crying. Mm. Like, what is that? Exactly. And it's portrayed to some people as, is he sad? Is he a punk or what? And it's like... No, I'm happy, but I'm crying, but I don't understand why the fuck I'm crying, because I'm happy. In the back of your mind, you know y'all ain't supposed to cry. Like, wait a minute, like, that ain't happy crying. I'm going to say this. You know you didn't see me cry. Because the first time, and I remember this, the first time I ever cried from being happy was at his wedding. And I'll never forget that. Because I was like, I was standing, I'm like, look at my dog, look at my dog, look at my dog. What, 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 what? 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 Like, you been tapping on me, so I'm like, you straight? I'm like, bro, I'm, I'm so happy, bro. Like, what's going on? Their wedding was like that type of wedding. Like, y'all had that type of wedding to make you cry. I think people in the audience were even crying, so. But it was just, it just was an too, emotional event, but. It was just different, though. For you to cry at the wedding, I, that is different. And then, too, his speech that he gave as my best man. Yeah. I remember when mom said, no, I'm not taking you to the barbershop, and my brother said, Come on, let's go. You remember that? You was in elementary, middle school? Some of the things he brought up there, it was just like, wow, you remember that? You know, that what got yeah. me. It was like, my little bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, it just, you know, so, and I still get typical. My youngest child, the first babysitter, it wasn't a grandparent. Mm -mm. My brother came home from Huntsville. Mm hmm yeah, they called it a uh, natural uh, birth control. They let me keep it. For, yeah, that's it. They're like, well, we're gonna give out some natural birth control. Yeah, you gotta, we gotta like, go. Okay, so we're going out. Like, nice. that's serious. Dead serious. Yeah. <laughs> you go to the house and go to know what you need. Bye. Please don't call. So, what do you think, Bree? Do you think that? Um, <laughs> do you think that the men um, should stay at home while the women, if they make the most money, go out and work? Mind, like stay at home, like. Does that mean like not working at all? Nothing. They just they take just, they home. become they, they become yeah the home the caregiver for the house I guess. Household. Uh, house husband or do you think the wife should stay at home? Stay at home totally. No. Mm -hmm. Because I I know stay at home is a full time job job in itself like mm -hmm. take care of household household, but like you not bringing nothing in. There? I Something happens to me mm -hmm. to where I can't work and we have kids and bills or whatnot and she's able to work uh, and if she's not working then if something happens to me or whatever the case may may whatever however it goes if something the worst happened and she have to go out and get a job even if it's just a 
sitting job. Mm-hmm. She don't know how to get out and go about doing it mm-hmm. because it's like she's. You I don't made it to where she. I don't handicapped her yet, right? You're able to Until where she just you. sitting, she ain't used to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, she don't know even know where to go to apply for apply for a job. I mean, it's like you kind of like you handicapping, like you say handicap that person. Um, I have a, a sister. She's a pastor's wife. Mm-hmm. My brother-in-law don't want her to work. Um, period. But she feels different because she told me that any, anything could happen. If something happened mm-hmm. the way they go their separate ways, mm-hmm. get a divorce to go their separate ways, she don't want to be solely dependent on his money right. mm-hmm. to do what she needs to do. Or if something happens to him. Uh, uh, now that's, what, that's what's happened in my family before. Something happened to him um, where he was unable to work. So she had to be able to know how to, got some, um, to, you know, to, to do that. No, just like very quickly. I think my, my whole take on that is I believe two incomes are better than one. Mm-hmm. I don't think nobody should stay at home and do, you know, one person should go out of work. I believe both parties should go out of work. I especially think that the man should be out of work because the man was created to leave. Mm-hmm. If we take that from him, then his role as a man kind of diminishes because that's what he's I, supposed to I, be. I don't, I don't, see, that's, I, that's my, I don't. And I'm trying to trying to see that because that to me that doesn't mean that d- diminishes his leadership to me. Mm-hmm. Um, because if he was in the home, he can still very much lead. Mm-hmm. Just like the woman still very much leads the home, like because uh, she takes care of the home. Yeah, because she takes care of the home. And when you know, when even when the husband comes in, when I even when my husband came in, he knew. Well, like, I, okay, you know, but I mean, not, just not even household roles and all that. But I I still think. There's no, um, that's part of him, you know, it's just working and bringing in is not, his his leadership comes from within and who he, and how he leads his family. Um, and not know how to do that. Right. They, they, right. they don't have that, that quality to go out and, my and then, was that person. Right. And, it, and, didn't it, have that and at the same quality. time, there, there, there's a, the other side is that men think, some men think, oh, well, I didn't brought in the money. I run this. And it's like, hold up. Mm-hmm. That exactly. does not just define your leadership. So exactly. when you say something like, well, that takes away from leading his, his yeah. household, it's like, yeah. no, it's like, it, that doesn't take away, that doesn't take away from it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if anything, that, that enhances it more. That's in my opinion. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm Because um, a lot of, because uh, a lot of men, that's all they, and, and like I said, that's society, that's what we think. Well, as long as he bring in, it's a lot of women think like, well, he bring in money, so mm-hmm. let him do whatever he's going to do more than bring in. in. But that's I need like, to get that working too. He, like, I need to stay at home. Especially nowadays. Because, like, the generation we are in, you know, we're in our thirties and forties. Um, <laughs> if you look at the older generation, I'm not the, it was manual labor where the guys had to go out there mm-hmm. everybody and the woman mm-hmm. took care of the house. Right. Nowadays, everything is tech savvy. But nowadays, it, it takes two people to it, run a house. Okay, then, it takes two people. <laughs> but if we got this four bedroom house, two bath garage, this nice house, this and this, I want to make sure, I want to be, I want to provide, protect, and pray for you as my family. You, my family. If I fall sick, they say you fired, you laid mm-hmm. off. We may have some money put up, but I also need to know, and I want you to know that you may say, 
This man may leave me at any time. I ain't mm-hmm. have, I got my own little stash, my bank statement going to my mama house. Right. But then you may say, hey, we're going to work this out. Baby, I can handle it. Three, I four months. I can pick up for a little while while you're looking for a job. Yeah. I, I'm holding us down. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like the older generation, they fought to stay together. This new generation, though, we do. Man, okay, you want a divorce? Okay, let's go get one real quick. It's over. No, they, we don't, they, they, they like, we don't, no, we the papers are already drawn up for yeah. it. It's like, we don't fight. We don't got that fight to stay together. Yeah. Where your, your great granddaddy was married and had two other kids. Great grandmama knew about those two kids, but guess mm. what she said to great granddad? You make sure you get them something. School coming up. Mm. They birthday coming yeah, up. You make, you, make, you make them know these other two so they don't date sister and brother. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Was grandmama mad about it? Hell, Hell yeah. But she she maintained. She, she, maintained. she kept that house together. And made sure, yeah, you finna go out there and work. And while I'm sewing these quilts and doing this, yeah, I'm finna get a little Keisha some Borets. I'm finna get this and this because she didn't ask for this or he didn't ask for this situation. Okay. Where we'll give up and say, man, no. Or, or, or <laughs> I'm, I'm, with you, I'm with you now. I'm out. So you can't take care of your kids. You got to take care of all my kids now. Yeah. You can't, you know what I'm saying? But see, that, that's a different time. Yeah, it was. At the same time. Because um, I, I can even add to that. I'll, I'll tell you this. My um, grandfather had, had my grandmother. They were married. And down the street mm-hmm. was, at, I mean, they were all the same age, but I'll tell you this. I will say this. My grandfather provided. He was mm-hmm. like one of the top farmers in Activity Hall County. Mm-hmm. He fought in World War II. But at the same time, if you call them half-brother, half-sister today, that's a fight. Mm-hmm. I mean, they rode the bus together. And I call, and even, I never met my biological grandmother. Mm-hmm. But the grandmother that I did know was when my grandmother, my biological grandmother passed away, he married her. Mm-hmm. And that's the, and I, that's Grandma Daisy, that's all I, that's mm-hmm. all I know of. Right. But they're two set, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're two sets. Mm-hmm. And I never, I didn't know until in my 30s. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Nephew at this point, right? You know, or our we're not teaching 
lifelong skills. Mm -hmm. um, and we can say that we're this is what we're doing for our children, making sure that they're in private school and they're, you know, making sure they have all the latest clothes, but can they sew? Right. <laughs> if all the, you know what I mean, if, if, um, if the Wi-Fi went out today, are they able to research something without Google? Right. You know, mm -hmm. so what are we putting, that? that's what, that's what defines that's that role to me. That's like the other day that's I true. posted in this group on Cable Health. Mm -hmm. Next time a female approached me, I'm going to ask her, do you not cut up a whole chicken? Right. <laughs> <laughs> do not cut right. up a whole chicken. Right, you chicken in, you chicken. I don't think that's on the younger generation. They know how to say that. Twenty two, twenty two. See, twenty two. Yeah, his pullout game trash. <laughs> <laughs> but y'all got a basketball team. <laughs> <laughs> right. The right they were with this for miles too, though. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, they did in a completely different. And world. they were able to feed their kids by their gardens. They were yeah, able right. to. Feed, they grew their own food. Exactly. They, you it know, was, it's totally it, different now. We got a grocery store. Thirteen kids. It ain't we, we, I think we're really glossing over the fact that it was the time they were in. Like yeah. We're talking pre-civil rights, so right. survival was staying survival. together. Mm -hmm. 
So it, it was not a choice. It was yeah. go out there and die. Get you home. No going to the hospital. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. you better go, go get that nigga who knows something. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You better go use this family but remedy. I hear people that say that now. They rather be in a relationship for stability than love. Yep. Stability brings that. love because of how stu- how I every, that. it I costs four dollars for cheese. So why don't eat cheese? You know, what I mean? like <laughs> stability, like. Right. We gonna, Some people we, say for insurance purposes. Yeah, we're going to make this work. <laughs> right. We need each other to survive. And we can tolerate each other so we're right. going to survive it together. Or you've heard the first time you, you, you get married, you get married for love. The second time is for money. Like, I mean, let's let's be real. That's that's we're talking providing. Right. And that's that's a key part of it. Let's just be 100 because this world, you got to have money. Like, it's just it.